I'm Jess Gorman, and I am a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I'm also an introvert, and this is The Introvert's Guide to... On The Introvert's Guide to, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguidetostuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide to. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find this show, but even better... Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that you think might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. I feel like we started off, when we greet each other, we started off on this, you know, same foot, you know, always a, hey, how are you? How's it going? And then we started just, you know, a quick little, okay, here's what we're going to do. I uh, full out have admitted, yeah. dear listeners, that I will be playing your toxic friend tonight. Playing? I am your toxic friend tonight. <laughs> for the record, for the record, my friend Jess is not toxic. She just has some terrible habits. <laughs> We can say it. We can say it. We're going to say it. I have awful, awful habits. <laughs> awful. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So today we're talking about what about introverts who may or may not be the drama. Case in point. Okay. You know what? <laughs> We've talked about a number of ways that perhaps both you and I don't deal with our introverted natures in the most constructive way hmm. at times mm -hmm. we've talked about how if i see somebody that i know on the street except for some very rare occasions i will either if i see them in time cross the street so i don't have to interact with them mm -hmm. or pretend to be so deeply into whatever i am listening to on my headphones that i just don't see them and they are kind enough to do the same for me i feel like if you and i somehow bumped into each other in Toronto or Niagara, I think as a kindness in our friendship, we would put the headphones in, head down, and just walk past each other. I would not do that to you. I would, I would love that. But then I would <laughs> love that. So, so we'll, we'll work it out. One of us will come to visit the other. We'll make a point of walking by the other. Like if we're early for wherever it is we're meeting, we will walk past each other. Yep. Not acknowledge it, and then we'll just meet as expected 
wherever yeah. it is that we're meeting. Yeah. And then you can text me and ask like, hey, did I see you? And then I'll be like, new number, who dis? Like, I mean, you in one of our early conversations described your reaction to seeing somebody coming towards you is that you would dive into a store. Yes. I would do the same. It's like whatever you have to do to not. I have I have in the past, I don't know, like made eye contact with somebody mm -hmm. and had them go, hey, how you doing? And stop me right there. And so now I'm trapped in a conversation. Meanwhile, if you could see my face as they're talking to me, you could see like the fight or flight as I'm looking like, how do I escape from this situation? Like I'm barely registering what they're saying, but really my my eyes are going everywhere to find the escape route. It's really quite something. Oh, yeah. And, you know, my problem now lately is that anytime I'm out, I have a baby and that stroller is bulky. So do you think I can dive in stores anymore? No. 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 You're lucky if you can get through the door just slowly. That's right. And people want to see my baby. Cute baby, folks. I got a cute baby. People don't know the baby is cute until they see the baby. They just see the stroller. But that is enough of a magnet. It's so much. Now there's there's no way that you're going to be able to walk past somebody. Partially because your stroller is so massive that you're basically like steamrolling people as you walk down the street. No, but it's so true. <laughs> I, I'm going. I have places to be. More more seriously, let's let's talk about ways that an introvert, not naming any names, could be the drama. No need to ask, are you the drama? In these situations, you're the drama. Jess, why don't you go first for no particular reason? Sure. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. I'm so sorry. No, I love this. I love it. Do it. Be terrible. It's all good. You do the swearing. I do the instigating. We're Tom and Jerry, okay? Yeah, there we That's go. We are. There we are. So first of all, before we dive dive into this, let's let's define exactly what the drama is because I think when we say or like when we ask ourselves like am I a problem is it like am I doing something wrong? I don't want anyone to suddenly get anxiety about themselves because we certainly do that enough whenever it's like three in the morning and we're thinking, Hey, was I awkward in that moment? Did I just make someone mad? I think we all do that enough. So let's just define the parameters that we're talking the about The unfortunate here. truth is that often the answer to that is yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're, if the question was, was I awkward in that moment? It, yes. 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 Just, yeah. yes. Deal with it. It's okay. Go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> so I took to our wonderful site, Truity, not our site, but I, hey, we're going to own, we're going to own this. So we took to Truity and I found a lovely article. Wait, am I the problem? Six signs of an unhealthy introvert and what you can do about it. Great article. It's got some great advice. However, I really like the parameters. So number one are introverts that avoid responsibility. And I find that that can be a little bit broad. So avoiding responsibility in, you know, taking accountability in a disagreement that may have went downhill and south real quick. Responsibility in, you know, blowing off plans too many times. Like, um, I can only think of someone who does that too often. We all know it's me. We all know it's yeah. me. Okay. 
Can I, I know, I know what the second point is. And I just want to ask about when you're avoiding responsibility, is that, um, also, is that tied into fear of conflict or is that separate from, cause the two, if you're avoiding responsibility, say for a disagreement or something, mm-hmm. um, that's that, that I think that, that could lead into the fear of conflict, but yeah, there are other responsibilities that, that one could be avoiding. Well, I feel like with fear of conflict, which is our second one there, conflict is more of a, you know, it can go both ways. You know, you may not be the person who needs to take accountability, but you are somebody who in, you know, needs to approach the person that you're in a relationship with or have like a friendship, something you need to bring something up to help build the friendship up, help build those relationships. Because I think that's, that might be the difference. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, Yes, it does. It does. Okay. Could you, I mean, in terms of like avoiding responsibility, I'm trying to think of, of I mean, I'm, there's plenty of ways that I put responsibility for all kinds of things. Like, oh no, I played video games all night instead of doing that thing I said I was going to do. Oh, but, you know, cute. <laughs> but often, often for me, it's like often it's couched in, I was just too tired from interacting with people today. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay. It becomes really easy to do that because- you know, you need a little bit of that sometimes, but then you can just sort of like slide into, well, this is I'm, this is what I'm doing tonight. Because we can, like so many times we say to ourselves, well, that's self-care for you. And it's just, and at that point, it's overindulgence, right? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. self-care is not always, you know, the stuff we want to do. Yeah. Self-care can be the stuff that we, we need to take responsibility for. Yeah. Phil? Yes. I mentioned I mentioned playing video games and I'm just curious for you. You've you've played some video games in your time. Although I recall when we were talking about about doing an episode about video game addiction, you put my name in brackets beside it like I'm the one that's addicted to video games. Yeah. But I'm curious for you and I will come yeah. clean after your answer. What is the longest that you have played a video game for? Like in one sitting. Okay. Easy. Christmas Day 2020 Minecraft seven hours amateur oh oh double digits (laughs) i swear i have and it's probably one of the assassin's creed games or something like that that i sat down at like like soon after i I got up in the morning fired up the xbox and and just started playing and aside from like stopping to jam some food into my mouth or drink some coffee or whatever was there like to get up and like go to the washroom or something yeah it was at least 12 hours that I was sitting in front of that machine for. So I just want to say I can avoid responsibility with a video game really well. Aw, you know what I love about you, Phil? I love that at the beginning of this, I automatically already said, I'll be the toxic friend, but you're such a good friend that you're like, you know what? No, let me come in there with you. We're going to get in this boat together, okay? We are riding this boat together, my friend. We are riding this boat together. (laughs) Into a sea. I don't know where this analogy goes. I don't know either. (laughs) So responsibility and fear of conflict. Those are the first two. (laughs) I think that those are two. Those are big. Because I think, you know, we've talked about the avoiding responsibility. But I think we've both talked about how avoiding conflict is something that that we will do like oh totally like not having the conversation like how okay i know if we have this conversation it's gonna be awkward and uncomfortable because 
It might be a fight. So how long can I go without bringing up this thing? It's probably going to cause a thing like, uh, I don't know, like maybe I can go maybe a, a week, year. I don't know. Like, yeah, and just then like anything to avoid having a comfortable conversation sometimes. No, totally. And then five years have passed already while you're is thinking about it still. And then you have to tell them that you were using an assumed name when you first met. You've been living a lie the whole five years. It's really, it's really quite something. Yeah. And apparently witness protection is apparently super expensive. So don't even bother. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, uh, becoming very overwhelmed. So unhealthy introverts become ridiculously overwhelmed when, for example, put into new unfamiliar environments, especially when having to receive all of the sensory details. They feel like their values have been violated, having to, quote, extrovert too much, having to take an excess of sensory information, such as loud auditory or distracting visual information. I can tell you right now, having dived in to this new area of my life with ADHD, I can tell you now, I have had to fight so hard to work on sensory overload and and being somebody who already had an issue with auditory processing i could easily become irritable i could shut people out i i just i would exit from a situation quickly and you know i i would cut in for like just cut conversation off and just leave uh that's not healthy either um so i i can totally understand that um and i it is unhealthy. Not to say you have to be in control of all of, of the sensory coming at you. As introverts, we want to be in control of those things, but we can't. So we have to find that healthy little medium. Let me tell you two stories. Ooh. Two recent stories. Last month, last month, we're still in November. So last month, on one weekend, a very good friend of mine got married. And uh, went to their with their 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 wedding and reception with my girlfriend Melanie, and you know we're sitting we're sitting up there at the reception, and after dinner when things start to get you know there starts to be a party not not a thing, she notices that I am like <laughs> like quiet and eyes wide and like just like watching everything. And she's like, I've never seen you like this before. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And it was just like, and I know a number of the people there, but it's like, there's all this other music over there. There's all these conversations over there. Those guys are getting really loud and rowdy. And like, it just, it like, I kind of was like in a, in a shutdown, just sort of like aware of everything and watching everything, but like in a very quiet and almost protective way. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks later, Halloween party. <clears throat> Melly and I go to the Halloween party of, of her, one of her her friends. And, you know, I've been to parties with them before. It's quite, quite nice. There's some really, really good people. There's conversation. But I don't know if it was the Halloween thing or something, but everybody was louder and, and, and rowdier than normal. And again, I'm like very quiet, very aware of everything, but I'm not really talking much. And I'm not really interacting with people. And then when I do interact, it's like almost monosyllabic. So, but it's like, I'm not able to have a conversation. There's too much going on. So in both of those situations, I was an overwhelmed introvert 
just trying to get through the situation. Oh, for sure. And talk about not being able to be present in the moment, right? That's already difficult as it is because the people that you've come to this party with are now wondering, are you okay? Is everything fine? How can I fix yeah. it? And it's like, oh, you can't fix it. It's okay. No, I just I just sort of said, I just was just like, I'm introverting. It, I'm okay. I'm introverting. That's that's just how, how it's going to be. And that's fine. I'm going to pause because I'm going to write that down. I like that for a t-shirt. What, I'm introverting? I'm introverting. It's a good one. Maybe just the word introverting or currently introverting. Currently introverting. Got to start writing these things. One of these days we'll get a store going and then people can actually buy t-shirts and hopefully they will. So anyway, back to it. Number four, uh, we can appear controlling, stubborn, and inflexible. I didn't understand what the author meant by that until I read the example. But the author is pointing toward our need to have an ideal outcome and what happens when we don't receive that outcome. We're very much attached to our routines and patterns and we can be perceived as inflexible and rigid. I don't personally know if that's true, but I do know that I have a very strict nighttime pattern that I like to uphold having no time to myself, <laughs> so I will be rigid in that. I'll accept it. Do I think it's unhealthy? No. I'm curious if there are other, like, I'm curious about what the example is about being controlling, stubborn, and inflexible. Do you have that? Let me get it. All right, quote, as an INFJ, I get too attached to my own ideal outcome. I hate to admit this, but I definitely get upset when things don't go always. I hate to admit this, but I definitely get upset when things don't always work out my way. This can be a huge challenge in relationships. ISFJs too can get too attached to their routine systems and patterns and can be seen as inflexible and rigid. So not much of an example there, but. No, but here's what I'm like. I'm like, hey, there's one that I don't feel like I, 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 I resonate with. Yeah, not entirely toxic. Uh, you sure? <laughs> this this episode is too much of a mirror right now. It's, it's we're just we're just standing here doing a podcast, but really just staring at a mirror. It really is. It really it's not even art imitating life. It's just Phil and Jess living. Okay, let me live. <laughs> Number five, we can be seen as harsh in our expectations of others. I don't know if I wholeheartedly agree with this one. I don't agree with this one, but I will like with a slight tweak, there's a way that I I I can sort of like make I think that we can appear that way. I think we can appear to be aloof and judgmental. Right. In that way that like when we are interacting with people, we might be quiet and we're watching, you know, or the way that we like if we're at the party and we're standing in the corner and we're doing what I was doing at the wedding and at the, at the party and we're just sort of like, just like looking, but we're very serious because it's not like, I'm like, hey, this is fun. It's like, 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 like just being like watching and ready for whatever is going to happen right. when the bad thing happens or whatever. And like somebody talking to you. But I think that in those moments, like that's not an open, friendly face that people see it's a it's a very uh it could be it could be construed as judgmental 
for sure. And like, but I don't know if that's an unhealthy thing, right? That's like, you can't help how you look. No, I think, I think it's a perception thing. For sure. That is definitely a thing. I've, I think lots of times people have thought that an introvert is aloof when the introvert is just quiet. Yeah, totally. And last but not least, we can be seen as passive aggressive. Instead of confronting a problem head on, overwhelmed introverts express their frustration in underhanded and passive aggressive ways. Again, I feel like this one is a little bit more all encompassing, like it's a little generalized. I I haven't had that experience with a lot of introverts, but I do know I myself maybe a little slightly not too much though passive aggressive say more about that no (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) my husband's in the other room probably like yep yep (laughs) should we have him come on and he could talk about the ways that you're passive aggressive good lord no (laughs) no (laughs) no Okay, so things like, I need my space to be a particular way. We all know that I I love cleaning. It's not a secret, okay? I love it. And if I'm going to relax, I need things done a certain way. Now, I have gotten better. For instance, I'm sitting in my dining room and Sawyer's, my son's, booster seat is right there in front of me, not in its place where it should be. I've got electronics on the table. I've got a a plant here. And I think that's a massive improvement because I would have spent so much time trying to get this place organized and to be exactly what it needs to be in order for me to do what I want to do. Now. Important question. With these things being there, Uh how do you feel? Now I feel jittery. <laughs> now I feel jittery. Is it because you've pointed them out? Now you feel jittery? Yes. Now I do. Now I'm like, oh, okay, I should have just put that away like two seconds before we started recording. But like I said, I'm going to get sucked into it, right? So if something is in the space that shouldn't be there and I didn't put it there, someone did and it didn't get put back, I tend to make those passive aggressive comments of, are you still using that? This it's been sitting here for a long time, and I just wanted to know: Do you want me to move it? Does it need to? S- oh, I can put it. Oh, I'll put it back. Okay, no problem. I'll put it back. That's what I do. Um, I hate now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. We are always. So honest and vulnerable with our audience, it is it is ridiculous how much truth that we are uncomfortable with we speak on this podcast. But, but we do it for you. I hope <laughs> listeners, I hope you appreciate us debasing ourselves like this. <laughs> oh my gosh. My question at this point is so we have this list of of things that are signs of an unhealthy introvert. Or all of these things on their own, a sign of an in- unhealthy introvert. And, or do you have to meet a certain criteria to be considered an unhealthy introvert? 
At what point do you go from just being an introvert to an unhealthy introvert? I think it's going to come down to how little regard you're giving your relationships around you, right? So like introversion is, is it's a social aspect of somebody, right? And that's just it. If, if you're going to be passive aggressive with people instead of just communicating, hey, could you put that back? <laughs> that right there, I'm not exactly feeding my relationships in the best of ways. That's me avoiding conflict as well. That's me trying not to sound naggy. It's me trying not to sound neurotic. But it's 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 a part of me. And I think communicating that is maybe where I'm lacking. And, and I think that's what can make it unhealthy is now it's affecting somebody else. But are these habits, these things that we are using to consider to to try to determine if you're if I'm the drama or there if they if I, I'm an unhealthy introvert, are these defense mechanisms that we have developed over time based on the way that other people who are not as introverted as we are, are these these defense mechanisms that we've used to essentially survive in the world? I th you know what that's a really good question, and I think so, particularly with the getting overwhelmed. With too much stimulus, I feel if we were comfortable enough to, you know, express when we just maybe need to take a minute to go outside, you know, get a breath of fresh air, go to the washroom, take a breath, I think we would be a little less overwhelmed and I think there would be a little bit more communication with that. So totally, to good observation. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just wondering because I think that that you know these are things these are either bad reactions or bad ways of dealing with overstimulus and other issues or their their defense mechanisms. I I I think that you know the overwhelm happens because we're overwhelmed. That's how we deal with it. And I probably could have warned Melanie about how I might be in those situations, but let's face it: with the pandemic, we haven't been in a situation like that for pretty much our entire relationship. Wow. Like we met in November of 2019. So think about that. Yeah. November of 2019. And then we had a few months of, hey, this is a normal life. And then all of a sudden, pandemic. And oh so gosh. we haven't had any kinds of group socialization for almost our entire relationship. I didn't even think of that. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Well, now you now you now you know. The more you know. Yeah, the more you know. But it's 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 a matter like some of these things are, I think, ways to again to control the situation so that you don't get overwhelmed. Right. Right. You could see overwhelm is like the thing that you don't want to be. Right. That's why if I'm thinking about my ideal party for myself, the way that I've described it in the past. Five people plus me, max. Mm -hmm. That's any more than that. I'm that's too many people for me. There are certain situations where I can go to a party. I know it's not going to get too wild, and even if it does, I know there's a few people who are going to be there that I can talk to. Mm -hmm. Right. But in other situations, I don't know the people. I don't know a lot of the people well, mm -hmm. so I can have I can have small talk conversations with people but I only have enough energy to do that for a very short period of time. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, in the article, it actually states that too, but I think what you just described is a boundary 
you know, it, you're not going to be going to these parties often. And I don't think Melanie expects that of you. No, 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 no. And yeah. I think, I think, I mean, now, now that she's seen me at these, at, at, at in these situations, she's more aware of it. I didn't even think to mention because it had been so long since mm-hmm. I'd been in that situation. I didn't even think to mention, oh, by the way, uh, there, it's a good possibility that I might get overwhelmed. So don't worry. I'm fine. Right. I think if I thought about that and said and said that, and I would again comes back to saying what you need. But if you're going to a party with your partner, and they aren't aware, and even if they are, just remind them that you may be overwhelmed. You may be standing in the corner watching things, maybe a little wide-eyed, but you're okay. Definitely. And if any of you have a partner that you can trust to. You know, say those boundaries and communicate your needs. Maybe let them listen to this episode too. Give them some ideas as well on how they can support you. If you've ever made that mistake of going to a party and feeling overwhelmed and feeling ashamed about it and embarrassed and thinking, great, now I really can't go to parties because this is going to happen. I encourage you to, within reason, try again. Try again in again within reason, and if it feels okay for you, to try again and tune in with yourself. Yeah. And if you find that really you can't do it, you just, you really don't want to be there, it's too overwhelming, you know, you know your boundary now. But if you can go and you can make concessions for yourself and maybe go easy, give yourself the timer like Phil does, you know, you, what is it, like an hour, half hour, 10 minutes? Well, what, to get in the door? Yeah. Depends, 15 minutes to half an hour is usually what I promise myself. (laughs) <laughs> Good for you. I usually stay longer, but 15 right. minutes to half half an hour is what I promised myself. Very nice. Very nice. But give yourself those things. It, it, honestly, they can really go a long way. I, it doesn't make you toxic for feeling overwhelmed. It doesn't make you unhealthy to feel that way. It makes it unhealthy when you're cutting off the relationships now. Yes. You're, you're limiting your social experience and your life experience, and you're shutting yourself out from these things that potentially can give you the growth that you need yeah absolutely um i know a lot of introverts i my so a lot of introverts who who do drink alcohol will have a glass or more when the party begins or just before the party and that can actually help to deal with the overwhelm and and give you take down whatever the barriers are that 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 keep you from interacting in a, in a good way or in a, in a more outgoing way. Myself, as a person who doesn't drink and hasn't drunk since I was 19, I know that that's where the legal age is, but we won't talk about my misspent, misspent teenage years, but th- it's a little bit harder because I don't, I don't drink alcohol and I don't, I don't touch the devil's lettuce. So I don't, Nerd. I know I'm so square, <laughs> I'm so square. Um, so I don't have those things. So I do have to just like accept that the overwhelm is going to come. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting you accept that. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no I'm, it's just Fair a statement. Enough. It's just a statement. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's yeah. I'd like to add something with overwhelm and responsibility. I'd like to link in my canceling, my canceling of the plans. If I'm canceling plans and I'm lying about the reasons of why I'm not going, I'm avoiding responsibility of owing the person I'm canceling on an explanation that's true. And if I'm feeling overwhelmed from the situation of not wanting to go to that party, 
not wanting to go for the coffee date, not wanting to network. I think it's only fair to accept responsibility for the people around me. I am working on this. I would like to be open and transparent. I have canceled a few plans now. Not once did I lie. Not once. I'm very proud of you. Jen. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. For those who for those who might be new listeners and might have missed some of our early conversations about this kind of thing, our friend Jess is notorious for when she is going to bail on a party, coming up with an elaborate excuse as to why she cannot go to the party. And when I say elaborate, I mean Russian novel elaborate. There, it's a three-actor, five-act, if you will. And it's I'm, there's a lot to unpack here, okay? I know, but I'm working on it. And honestly, it's been easier now. I don't... I don't always use my baby as an excuse, but when I do, <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> okay? it's I understand. The truth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I used to bail on parties and just hope they didn't notice. <laughs> I know it's terrible, but like I would, I would. Like not, I'd, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to get, I'm going to, this party is tonight. And I'd be like, okay, I'll go to this party. And then I'd go to work. And at the end of the day, I'd be going, I'm going to this party. And then I would go home and I'd start to think about getting ready for the party. I'd be like, I just don't want to. And so I would then just not say anything and also not go. Look at you. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's good. In fact, in fact, I don't. I don't know if that's any better than making up an excuse, but at the time I was not, I always said, if they ask, I'll tell them I fell asleep. That's what I said to myself. If they ask, I fell asleep. Oh, Phil. <laughs> I know. You know what? Do you know what though? It is better than the, I'm sorry. I just didn't want to go. Like it's better. At least you're trying to avoid hurt feelings, but it's. I think that there's a better way to say it. Saying, oh, uh, definitely. You know, absolutely. You don't want to be like, I didn't want to go. I think because the honest, honest truth is, I wanted to go. I just didn't have it in me. Mm -hmm. And if it's an important thing, because, you know, I mean, look, the most important parties that we go to are friends' birthday parties, and we can skip them all we want. But every so often, you have to make an appearance at the birthday party. You have to. Yeah. So otherwise people get really pissed off at you for not going to their birthday party for yeah. five years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but the other thing is like you make the appearance, but if you have to bail, you can offer to take the friend out for coffee, dessert, dinner, whatever you can, whatever you can manage just to be able to be like, I want to celebrate your birthday, but I, I just don't have that in me. That's right. That's right. I think I would like to organize a whole bunch of parties just for you. Yep, just just Why for you. Why would you do? Why would you do that to me? No, no, no. Here's the we thing. Were, I thought we were friends. We we're the best of friends. I'm gonna. You don't even know what these parties are. Okay, okay. I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, well, thank you. 
I'm going to organize a whole bunch of parties, okay? I'm going to make a whole bunch of fake profiles too on Facebook. I'm going to see how many you would actually go to, okay? <laughs> and I'm going to get your other friends in on it too, okay? Melanie and I talk. <laughs> okay? Right. I'm going to see how many you would go to, how many you actually show up to. And the ones you actually show up to, the one probably would be a little introvert party of five. But how would you know which one I'm just going to actually show up to? This is a lot of effort and a lot of like actually getting people to show up to a party in the hopes that I will bail just to prove a point. You try to do something nice, hypothetically. <laughs> just trying to be... <sighs> I actually want to talk about something that's not in the list. I want to talk about the the aloofness that that people perceive in the in the introvert. Mm-hmm. Have you been accused of being stuck up or aloof ever? Um, I've been accused of being too intimidating. Oh shit! I yeah, I didn't like that. I mean, I did. It was. I mean, you like, should. I mean, again, I did, but it was like I. It just. It was the fact that this. I was in theater school and I just gave off this presence apparently that I just was, you know, I know what I'm doing and like, I'm so good. And guys, I'm, I'm not saying this as a brag, but I just, I was good at what I was doing. Okay. But it comes to like seven years and this person that I went to school with never once wanted to talk to me because I looked too intimidating. And I was like, see, we could have been friends this whole time. Uh, this whole time we could have actually have been friends, right? And it just it, it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, is this why I never made friends? People just thought I was I don't know. But also, still a bit of a compliment. It is kind of an compliment. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take yeah, it and run. Compliment that that we're <laughs> insinuating it is. I I get what you're saying though, because you know, in listen, for those of you who aren't or have not gone to theater school or something like that it's not like regular school it's everybody is trying to be what they think they have to be especially if you go when you're like 18 19 20 somewhere oh and you have like an ego that's there's have the ego nobody has a bigger ego than the first year theater school student and they know everything trust me they've had one class so far but they know everything um, but there's also like so many like you're trying to learn how to interact and so many people are are seeming to be really extroverted and everybody is like really friendly and open and, and having conversations, but it's small talk and it's all like there's so much that's going on. Um and you can't it's not the kind of school where you can just show up, sit in the back of the class, open your book and take notes. So there's it's a lot of interaction with people and a lot of like just being imagine a school where you had to just like open your heart for eight hours a day and then be expected to i don't know go to a job or something in the evening (laughs) or go to like your your other classes where you can just sit in the back and you're decompressing the whole time you're like (laughs) what did i just sit through (laughs) but yeah no it's, it's it's very difficult and a lot of times you end up in in a class like that you're putting on some kind of persona Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you don't even know who you are yet. You're only in like 19, 20 years old. So you haven't, your brain hasn't even fully matured yet. So you're just trying to figure all that stuff out. 
it's a very difficult situation to be in, especially for somebody who's super introverted. <laughs> totally. But going back, like circling back around to where we were here. Uh, no, I've never really been accused of being totally aloof. I'm also the person where people don't even really believe me that I'm an introvert, which, again, sucks. Because then you get you get inundated with with invitations and and social events, and it's like I just I don't want to have to cancel, and you please don't make me do this. In people's but, defense, though, in people's defense, if they are, we don't our social media profiles don't necessarily indicate that how we socialize, right? We don't have like you know at the party intro, intro, invitation screen, it doesn't say careful this person's an introvert and might not come to your party. Imagine if that was a like an introvert friendly social media site where you were going to do the intro, the, the send the invitations and there's a little note beside your, your name that just said, remember this person, an introvert, they might not show up. You heard it here, folks. First, that is a brilliant idea. It is a brilliant idea. That was, it is, it, it's brilliant. That was Phil Rickaby's idea. <laughs> we are dating this on Monday, November the 21st. That's right, Zuckerberg. Yeah. Uh, but the, I think I was I was thinking about the the idea of uh, of people don't necessarily know or even think about who the introverts on their list are, right? And so when they're going and they're inviting to inviting you to all those parties, they're not thinking, "Ooh, just as an introvert, she might not want to come." They're they're thinking, "I want my friends at this party," and so they're they're just inundating you, and they don't know what all the invitations you're getting. And they're just doing what they do, which is to invite the people they want to have there. They don't realize what that's doing to you and how much anxiety that is putting into you as you're like, I don't, I, I, how many, I, I can only say yes to one of these 20 invitations. And I can only think of one outlandish lie that actually might kind of be true. Damn it. <laughs> I can only do so much. <laughs> But I think it's important to note that, like, the people who are inviting you to parties, they're doing it because they want to have you there. But also because they, number one, they don't know who the introverts on their list are. And number two, they don't know, they're not thinking about people's social interactions and how they socialize when they're sending those those invitations. Right. To circle back with, though, also a little bit further back in what you were saying with being aloof and how is it on the list? We're back at that one. Yes. Yes. I think that can become an unhealthy trait if, again, you are really working hard to disconnect from other people to uphold that. Like, I, I, I think there's something when someone, you're finally starting to get to know somebody and you let them know, like, oh my gosh, you know, I so great that we finally get to open up. I, you know, but kind of thought you were a little aloof or just not interested, right? And if that person decides, oh, you thought I was aloof then. Just just you wait, right? <laughs> that can be just, that, that's pretty unhealthy. Because now, again, you're closing off the opportunity to build any sort of meaningful relationship. One of the things that I would, I would, I would suggest, in terms of like closing people off, I know, excuse me. No, let it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could have been in the recording though. <laughs> totally. Um, we have earphones on. It'll rumble really deep in the. Anyway, one of the one of the issues with with that sort of thing is I know how comfortable I can get with being by myself. 
I know how many weeks I can weeks weeks I can go without actually seeing another person and interacting with another person. I know exactly how long I can do that. I could probably do that for about six weeks before I go, huh? Should probably do something with a person. Right? <laughs> I know that I know that I have that tendency. But I also know that, you know, it your friends also want to hear from you. And so I try to make sure that I'm still connecting with with friends and 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 people so that I don't fall into that because friends can if you're like if you if if you're not responding when people reach out if you're not the person who reaches out if you're bailing on all of their all of their invitations with no excuse or no good reason and you just like you're not really interacting with them then that's a friend that might be well I guess I don't matter enough to this person so sometimes we have to put aside our discomfort to either go to the social event or to reach out and try to make alternate arrangements if it's a celebration of some kind. Uh, we need to we need to foster the relationships that matter to us because so many of us have a small group of of actual friends that we who matter to us, and those are the ones that that we really need to cultivate and take care of those relationships. Oh yes, definitely. And like, you know, just going back to what I what I've mentioned before about closing ourselves off to those potential meaningful relationships. As a warning, that doesn't mean that every new relationship that enters your life, you must explore it. And you have sometimes you just get a vibe. Yeah. Right. Sometimes yeah. you just get that intuition of eh, I'm not really interested. Honor that. Yeah. But just find the polite way, the kind way of maybe just going for one coffee or none. Just find find a kind way to navigate this, I would say. It's so hard because I think sometimes our society has essentially convinced a lot of people that, that the important thing is the quantity of friends that you have. And the more friends you have, the better. And most introverts get overwhelmed with, with that. Like, I can count a very small group of people that I consider my friends. And a lot of people who are who are acquaintances and then other people who are like, I kind of know who that person is, right? So there's like all of these different levels and the friend group is quite small. And those are the people that, I, that, 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 that I, I make an effort to and things like that. Not everybody who comes into your life is going to be a friend and that's okay. And you get to, you do get to decide who your friends are again. You maybe go for a coffee with somebody because if somebody's first impression of you is that you are aloof or stuck up, maybe your first impression of them might not quite be right. So it's, you know, worth giving a 45 minutes to an hour of time to for coffee. Um, but have an, just like when you're dating, have a solid out at the end of that time. Listeners. Phil and I can hold up this mirror and we can look at ourselves with an honest look. We encourage you to do the same. <laughs> it's eye-opening. It's scary. It's, it is scary. It is scary. It's scary to sort of look at yourself and go, oh, wow, you know what? Some of these things I've done, not particularly healthy, but it's good to examine them and, and talk about them and work on maybe changing them. For sure. Yeah. You know, also, you know, you don't also have to, you know, Phil and I do this podcast because 
I don't have a problem with being vulnerable. And I, you know, Phil, you're, you've just, you're a breadth of wonderful information. You are, you're just a, you're just, you're a great person, right? You don't have to go and announce all of these insecurities or these unhealthy habits to the world. If you, you don't even have to pick anybody to talk to about them. If you feel that maybe you owe somebody an apology, that's kind of where I'm getting at with this. If you, maybe you've reflected enough and you're like, you know what? I think I may owe someone an apology. That's a healthy step in the right direction. I also do encourage journaling, maybe right, finding some way of documenting out this self-growth because you never know where it might lead you, right? Like it, for me, I've I've looked at my unhealthy habits leading up to having a baby and it's led to me diving into some things, right? Like, you know, getting diagnosed with ADHD. That was one of them. I went out of my way and I said, you know what? There's a reason why I have these habits. There's got to be some resolution. Here we are. Dang it, I did it. (laughs) There you go. Thanks. Did we learn anything today? You know what I I learned I learned something I learned that I'm very proud of my friend Jess for just coming out and saying that she not coming up with an excuse about going to a party of being like just being being pretty honest with 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 the host of the party so I'm very proud of my friend Jess for doing that and that's something that I learned today. Ah, okay. Well, we're now that we're on that train, I'm gonna just jump on in. I'm gonna jump in. I learned that. My friend Phil, although he does not like conflict, I think that Phil does a great job of articulating maybe some ways to improve or maybe some ways that, you know, we can change the direction of where this relationship is going. That's never happened with us, but I would like to think... Well, I at would, this point, I would, at this point, at this point, you would one hundred percent rate that conversation. I think you're giving me a lot of credit for not like if I decide that that I'm sort of done with the friend relationship, that I'll have a breakup conversation and won't just ghost. <laughs> I have to say, you might be giving me too much credit. Okay, all right. Well, you know what? I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm just, again, again, the honesty. I'm trying to be honest. I try. You know what? If if it, I think. It, it would depend on the relationship. It would depend on the friendship. For uh, sure. But, you know, not always. Just going to be honest there. Well, just this podcast is never ending now. It's. I know. We're just. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Hey, guys. One thing that I want to say before we go, and I said it last week, is that you know, we give you this this podcast for free. We don't charge anything. We don't even have advertisements on this podcast. And so to do that, you know. It's not free for us to put this thing together. It costs money to host a podcast, have a website, all that stuff. If you like this podcast and you want to support it, you can do that really easily. There's a link in the show notes or on the website where you can find a link to put some change in the tip jar, which is, and you can do that once or on a, on a recurring basis. And doing that will help us to keep make keep the show going. Maybe it would even be able to give us some some opportunities to to put more time into the show, to do it more frequently, perhaps not twice a month, maybe once, maybe, maybe we could do it weekly if we, if we had that kind of, 
that kind of support. So if you feel like you can support, please do. Um, but of course, the best support is listening to the show. So thank you for listening. Thank you.